It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Anthony Haney is back uh, from Nationals. We don't we don't have to talk about it, Anthony. We got other stuff we got to talk about today, uh, so we won't talk we won't talk about what happened to your football team at Nationals. But uh, we will be talking about Adam Peters all day long. Of course, the Commanders' new general manager introduced today uh, as the. Next general manager. It's weird because, like, you know, we do like the head coach things. Like, this is the forty-second head coach in franchise history. Or if you're the Steelers, like, this is the seventh head coach in franchise history. By the way, uh, Mike Tomlin, your fever dreams of getting him to DC can end. He apparently said in today's team meeting in Pittsburgh that he will be returning in 2024, despite walking off the podium when asked about uh, his job by our friend Brooke Pryor yesterday. Uh, but. Obviously, today, Adam Peters announced as the next general manager of the Washington Commanders, reported over the weekend, is a five-year deal for Peters. And I will say it was he was very impressive in his press conference while also um, not being specifically impressive. And what I mean by that is this. Um, Peters, in his press conference, proved exactly who he is. He is a mission-driven, process-oriented, highly intelligent person who is not going to get himself in rhetorical trouble the way that a lot of people in powerful positions, especially those that have to talk to the press, do without even much prodding. And there's a couple of really good examples of this in the press conference. And I think some of those examples can be misconstrued as, oh, he's... Like, oh, my God, did we make a bad hire? Like, some people will freak out about these answers, and I'm telling you, they are telling on themselves, not telling you anything about Adam Peters. For instance, he was asked about the roster, and he gave a big, long pause before giving a very nondescript, very noncommittal answer. Hey, we have a couple of cornerstone pieces, uh, but we have to evaluate everything. When asked about the number two pick in the draft, he said, we do not really know what we're going to do yet, but like we have to evaluate everything. And, you know, I can't even say anything because we have to see what the head coach wants and we don't have the head coach yet. And he kept coming back to that, that head coach relationship. And it very much seems like Washington is trying to build, build what Detroit has built with Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes, what or, uh, Los Angeles has built with Sean McVay and Les Snead, what the, the infrastructure and ecosystem that Adam Peters comes from. Uh, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch uh, have built in San Francisco what John Harbaugh has built with Ozzie Newsom and, and now uh, the folks in charge uh, replaced Ozzie uh, in, in Baltimore. Like the best teams in the league have that head coach uh, GM relationship and the power is shared. I mean, today in Seattle, John Schneider gave a press conference his first since Pete Carroll was told he's not coming back, whatever version of fired versus uh, parting ways, whatever you want to use. And Schneider was, it, one, he was basically in tears at times uh, talking about Carroll because of how much he meant to him. But he also talked about how Carroll, like he now has final say over personnel, something that Pete Carroll had. But Carroll, over the 15 years that they worked together, almost always deferred to Schneider. Carroll had the power, but they split it up properly. That's the relationship that you're going for. And Peters understands that from day one. And because of that, he doesn't have a lot of answers to questions that people want to know. The draft isn't for a long time. So he's not going to have answers of what he's going to do at number two for a long time. Maybe by mid-March, he kind of knows what he's going to do. But even then, there's final evaluations and pro days and 
Now you learn more information behind the scenes. Like there's a lot of information gathering that has to happen. Does he probably have thoughts on the number two pick? Hell yeah. This dude's a scout. He's been scouting all year. He's, he knows who his one, two, three, four, five players are. He knows what his top tier, his second tier looks like on his scouting board to the extent of time that he has spent on that as an assistant general manager uh, in San Francisco. But he also knows that all that stuff shifts around based off the scheme and attitude that a head coach brings to an organization. And then his number one job right now is to find that head coach so that he can apply his scouting acumen to what the head coach wants. And that, by the way, is something he learned in New England under Scott Pioli, who joined us Friday and said this, which got a lot of traction from our interview this weekend. One thing that we had in place in New England was a process and a system. It was a process of evaluation and acquiring talent that fit what the culture was. And the culture is head coach driven. It doesn't matter who's the boss, whether it's the general manager or the head coach. The bottom line is the team becomes the head coach's team. So one thing that Adam saw firsthand during his initial years in the league is when I led the personnel department, we went out and found players that fit what Bill Belichick wanted. And Bill wanted big, smart, strong, tough football players that were disciplined and did things a certain way. And if they didn't fit the head coach's personality, they probably weren't going to last and or they probably weren't going to develop. So here's what I know about Adam. Adam understands that. And he understands that he, regardless, his role is to find and acquire talent. Draft it, sign it, get it under contract, and help the head coach develop them. And I think Adam's philosophy is he, he knows what wins in this league. He's seen it in New England. He's seen it in San Francisco. He knows what wins in the league. And he also knows that the most important part of a general manager and someone who acquires talent is to humble themselves and make sure that they're finding the talent that fits the head coach's needs and what the scheme's needs are. That is the job. The job is to figure out what is the head coach trying to accomplish? Because the differences schematically in this league are not a they're not insignificant. And I think we saw that this year. I think we saw schematically, offensively, and defensively this year. Well, I'm going to say schematically more so offensively. We saw how if you're not adaptable and, and if you don't have good personnel for what you want to do and you don't think out like how the parts of the game interact, your run, your pass, your play action, all that kind of stuff, like it can cause you problems. Um, but at the end of the day, if you don't have personnel that fit your scheme, like you're in trouble. And I think what we saw on the defensive side is it doesn't matter what your scheme is. If you can't teach it well, you're dead. Like if you can't teach the things that you want your players to do clearly to the point that they execute them on a high level on a routine basis, you're dead. And like Seattle won the freaking Super Bowl with one of the greatest defenses of all time playing cover three every snap. It wasn't some schematic genius that Dan Quinn figured out when he was in Seattle. Dan Quinn, despite what happened this weekend with Dallas, um, is a tremendous teacher who got everybody on the same page and was able to build the Legion of Boom because he had the right personnel and they were very well coached in terms of exactly what they needed to do, snap in, snap out, and that helped overcome the simplicity of what they did. So, yeah, I believe offensively, especially like what Ben Johnson and Kyle Shanahan and, again, not this weekend, but generally speaking, Mike McDaniel, 
and Kevin O'Connell and Bobby Slowick and like what these Shanahan tree offenses, Sean, certainly in LA, do and how they manipulate defenses is really smart. But it also works because they know exactly who they want in those those spaces. The the vision of the type of player and the characteristics they have are extremely clear. And I think by saying nothing today, Peters shows that he's the right guy for the job because there's nothing to say today. And that's the silly thing about introductory press conferences. Why'd you take the job? What's your vision? Like, those are the right questions. But out the why you took the job one, you can answer on day one. What's your vision? If you don't have a head coach yet, is, uh, hey, we're going to find a head coach that believes in the core tenets that we believe in, and then we're going to let him cook from there. And my job is to be a sous chef. And that is very different, by the way, than a coach-centric approach in the way that Dan Snyder interpreted it with Ron Rivera. The way they interpreted it with Rivera was he's going to do all the work. No, 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 no. You can set the vision, but eventually you need the people with the right skill sets to do the jobs. And that is, hey, we need a big X wide receiver. We need a mobile left guard, or we need a general manager who's actually good at scouting and, and determining what players fit our scheme. And we trust them to do it based off what this head coach is looking for. So Peters today, definitely, I would say kind of boring, but I'm not mad at it, uh, and imp- but impressive nonetheless. The guy that I was actually very impressed with today and was reminded how impressed I am every time he speaks, despite some uh, social awkwardness, is Josh Harris. Tell you why next. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app.